then in the final scene of the movie, Commodus decides to play with Maximus in the, in the Colosseum, to, to fight him after making sure that he was stabbed and wounded so that he'd be unable to fight. All was lost. But against all odds, Maximus won against Commodus. The victory was had, and the music at the end of this movie was so rousing. You just, your insides are like shaking with, this is so right, justice is being done. Good has won, evil has been defeated. And Maximus is not a real person. I think we have one more photo of Maximus with a head. Um, but um, <laughs> it looks much smaller there. Maybe it's big. Um, but the idea of Maximus, the idea of good triumphing over evil against all odds, a terrible evil, that is, that is what we are thinking about this morning. We are thinking about Satan, the king of darkness, the king of evil, and Christ, the king of light and righteousness. That is what we're looking at this morning, and that's what Jesus' coming heralds for us. That we do have a champion. If you do have your Bibles or even your phones, I encourage you, please do open to Revelation chapter 20. It'll be useful for you. Um, verse 10 um, is, the, is where we're starting. Let's read together verses 10 and 11. Remembering Johann's sermon from last week, how Satan is our enemy. He does desire our destruction. He is like the evil emperor Commodus. And the devil, who had deceived, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And we'll just pause there for a moment and we'll just think about that. Your enemy, your greatest enemy in your life who desires your eternal destruction will not have victory in the final day. This is Revelation. This, this is talking about the final days when the time of the, this world is coming to a close. Many events will happen. If you've read Revelation, you know there's a lot of scary stuff in there. But at the end of it all, Satan will be defeated. Our enemy will be defeated. And he will be thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur. Justice will be done to him. Keep reading. For verse 11, so amazing. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. 
That person seated on the great white throne, that person is Jesus Christ. I think we, we might have a couple of uh, passages that we'll just throw up on the, on the screen. Revelation 20, uh, uh, not Revelation 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, uh, tells us that this person seated on the throne is Jesus. The person who came in the form of a, of, a, of a small baby. Born to a simple peasant girl and a carpenter. It says in, in 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And there are many other passages. This is just one of a whole plethora of passages that point to the fact that this person on this judgment seat, this white throne, is Jesus Christ. And we read, we read in verse 11, that the earth and sky flee from him. That is the extent of his glory that the very earth on which you stand and the sky, which do not normally move of their own accord, they will flee from Him. That will be Christ in the final day. That is our God. God's glory will be manifested. Christ's glory will be fully visible. The earth will know it. The sky will know it. Satan will know it. And we're about to read everyone that has ever lived, is living now, and will ever live in the future should God wait to return. will know it. God's glory will be amazing. That We'll read verse, verse 12 with me. And I saw the dead, great and small, whether you're powerful, you're poor, you're a politician, you're someone who lives on the streets, you're someone who lives in Australia, or you're someone who lives in Kazakhstan. The dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. This is a scary thing. Imagine this situation. That the, all the dead, the great and the small, We see in verse 13, the sea gave up its dead who were in it, death, and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. The sea and death and Hades, that's just another way of saying, no matter how you died, you will be there. If you died because of cancer, you will be before the judgment seat of God. If you died by drowning, you will be before the judgment seat of God. If you died in battle, you will be before the judgment seat of God. If you die of old age, 
peacefully. You will be before the judgment seat of God. And this judgment seat, this throne, this white throne upon which Jesus is sitting, God's, His glory will be so great that the sky and the earth will flee from Him. We should be scared. This is a glorious God that we're coming before to be judged. And it says, it talks about these books. And the books were opened. And, the, and, and, and then it, talks, it says there was another book that was opened, uh, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books. According to what they had done. Everything that we do will be written in the books. There'll be nothing forgotten. Nothing that we can hide from God. Everything that we do, every thought, every word, every action will be written in the books. There'll be nothing. We should be, we should be scared. This is a scary scene that John is outlining for us in the final day. And it gets worse. We read in verse 14. Read it with me. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. Even the place or places where the dead are now. They will be thrown into the lake of fire. It's not looking good. Most of us, if not all of us, are Christians. So we know that there is a but. And there is a but. But this is a scary scene. This is the second death, the lake of fire. We know that this lake of fire, it's eternal. Some people believe that when, when someone, Satan... Death and Hades, which are places. Or when sinful people are thrown into the lake of fire, they cease to exist. That's not what the Bible says. If you'd look back, just, just look back at chapter 20, verse 10, the very first passage that we looked at this morning. It says, And the devil who, was, who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is scary. This is terrible punishment. There are other passages, Matthew 25, 46, Revelation 14, 9 to 11, which talk about it. It explains it will be forever torment. The day of reckoning will have come. Everything that anyone has, no, has done will be known. Our unkindnesses, our harsh words, every time when we've committed adultery or looked at pornography or stolen time when we've slandered someone, every time when we've chosen to reject God 
and choose the way of darkness. But in verse 15, we get the but. The but that should fill us with such joy, such relief. Verse 15, John writes, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. It means there's a way, there's a way where you don't get thrown into the lake of fire. The book of life which is a separate book. It's not the same as the books recording all the doings of man. It's a separate book. The book of life. Where God writes the names of His children. Those whom He has chosen. Those who serve Him. Those who are His. Those who worship His Son. Jesus Christ. And if your name is written in the book of life, then Christ's death, Christ's sacrifice, Christ's victory over Satan and death and sin will be your victory over Satan and death and sin. You will be as if washed white, whiter than snow. You'll be given new garments, clean garments. So when Christ looks at you, when God looks at you, He will see a holy person. Not because of your own holiness, but because of Christ's holiness, which covers you, which makes you right with Him. This is good news. This is good news. This is why we should celebrate Christ. Because of, because of what His coming means. It means victory. Victory over sin and death and Satan. Darkness. It means that our destiny is changed. From the lake of fire and sulfur to something else. And that brings us to the third point. And the final, the final point of this sermon. Those who are gods will have endless delights forever. Let me just, let me just read it. Chapter 21, I'll just, I'll just read. This, if you are God's son or his daughter, if you... If you are a worshiper of Jesus Christ, if He is your Lord, if you serve Him, this is talking about you. And if you're not a follower of Christ, think about it. This, this, this will be the, the final end of everyone. Just listen. This, this is your destiny. We'll go back a slide, actually. This is your destiny if you are son or daughter of Christ. Then I saw the new heaven and new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. The earth will be remade. 
all the climate change, all the permanent loss of, of species, all of the damage to the environment, be gone. We'll be remade. We'll have a new earth. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. We will be with God closer than we are now. In a sense, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about this time as being similar to an engagement. And this will be the marriage when every day we will be with them. I'm going to get married in two weeks. I'm looking forward to being with my fiancé every day. And then we read what that means, what being with God every day looks like. Verse 4, he says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. And if you're a woman, that applies to you also. You too will be a child of the living God. This is our future. God will have the final, total, and indisputable victory. He will be the Alpha and the Omega. And we are his people. Which means that we will have the final, total, and indisputable victory with him. His victory becomes our victory. He becomes our champion. This is what the coming of Christ heralds. The victory over sin and darkness. Victory over Satan. Our victory... It's because of His coming that our books can be written in the book of life. His blood, when he, when he was born and He lived for 33 years and then He died, His blood that was shed for us is the blood that washes us, that makes us clean so that our name can be written in the book of life. And then when we stand before the, this white throne of, of the judgment of God, we can stand there knowing that we will be okay. This is our joy. This is our treasure as the people of God. Um, 
His power and His glory should be our comfort and our treasure and our joy and our motivation for us to serve Him instead of Satan in the moment of temptation when it comes. We read the Scriptures. We read about the glory of God in Psalm 103 or other places. The Scriptures are filled with the glory of God, which causes us joy. Because that God, that champion, is our God, our champion. And his victory, His glory will be our glory. That is what our treasure is, what we must remember. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we come before you as your children, having just looked at at your promises to us, that you will write our, our name in the book of life, that our final end will not be the lake of fire and sulfur, but will be with you. Christ, our God, will have the victory. Please, um, help us to remember this. Remember that you will be the victor when all looks lost. When we are depressed, when we are sad, when we are overwhelmed with the sadnesses of this life. We pray that you will be our joy, that you will be our true treasure, that we will strive after you above all else. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.